At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is hour number three, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi and Bebefe alongside Amal Shah here, and we are just tackling all sorts of basketball. We had Jonathan Von Tobel on, VEASAN host and NBA betting analyst in the last segment, talking all things association. We've been tracking these live betting games. Amal, I told you earlier that this Indiana Illinois game was concerning me as someone who's been on the Hoosiers, and it's been all a line I hear in the second half as we have approached the under four timeout. I want to get your thought on that in just a second here, but I wanted to ask you about what JVT told us about this Lakers team. We're going to have Trevor Lane joining us here in the next segment. He is a senior writer at Lakers Nation, but JVT, after he joked about how the odds are just absolutely egregious, plus 850 to win the West, 18 to 1 to win the NBA title, but he does still have faith in this Lakers team. I think the point that he brought up that they haven't been whole all season long is a good one that a lot of people aren't really paying attention to. They're just looking at how poor they played on the court. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things is if LeBron's healthy, because he's had a tremendous season, I think there's still a threat in the sense that LeBron, AD, um, you know, Carmelo's played well at times this year. Russell Westbrook, if he plays within the system, could be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the one thing that people are looking at. But to me, when you look at the injuries and where they're at in the standings, historically, teams have not fared well based on where they're at. So, real challenge here. Um, by the way, uh, Britton Hess, one of the producers here, had a great line. He said, if uh, if the Lakers finish in 11th, there's going to be an emergency NBA owners meeting on how we're going to have 22 teams now in the postseason. <laughs> the the play-in to the play-in tournament. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> That's what we'll do there with the Lakers. Uh, speaking of college hoops right now, Indiana is trailing by 11 at home against number 18, Illinois. Illinois went off as one-and-a-half-point favorites as Kofi Coburn hit one of his patented hook shots in the paint there, taking that lead up from 11 to 13. So it looks like the Illini, barring some sort of collapse here, under three minutes to go here, will likely win that game out there in Bloomington. Close game between St. John's and Butler Mall. They're coming back from break right now, so haven't seen a score but as I pull up my odds board here. 71-70 uh, Johnnies. 71-70 to the Johnnies. So that's a close game out there over since St. John's. The live markets are off the board right now, right. so that goes to show you 30 seconds left in that ball game. We'll keep tabs on what's going on out there at Butler. Oklahoma State has pulled away from Oklahoma in Bedlam. They lead at 62-5. to 51. That game off the board as well. Oklahoma just scored, so it's 62-53. Villanova, Connecticut, the over has hit. Amal, 
It was a no-sweat winner for me. I went over 129.5 right now at the under four timeout. It's Villanova 71, Connecticut 60 for our mathematicians at home. That is 131, and there's still four minutes to play, so we love to see that. The line right now, 11.5 in favor of the Wildcats. So it's been a uh, so-so early window for me here going one and one, but uh, hey, can't ask for much more, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, I'm pointing up the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game right now. Uh, Groves just scored, and they call a timeout Oklahoma did. They're down nine. You've scored 53 points in 39 minutes so far, and there's 21.8 seconds remaining. So what exactly does Porter Moser have designed to get one-sixth of your points in 21.8 <laughs> seconds? I'd love to know here. It is one of the most infuriating things about college basketball. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, dude, it's, it's like, over. Take the L. Yeah. Let's get out of here now. Like, like, please, uh, let's wrap this up. <laughs> I mean, like you, you wish the, the officials would just ignore these attempts to foul uh, late games. Hey, we got another TV window we got to get to. We're not going to call that foul here. So, uh, sometimes I think the coaches just take a timeout unaware of the time and score. Just like, no, they just do it, right? Like if we get a bucket, we're going to call a timeout. And then they realize, because I've seen teams call a timeout and they're like, all right, we're not going to foul because they realize it took a timeout 11 seconds and they're down seven or something. But it's just pretty interesting sometimes when you see some of these situations. We're at halftime in Athens where the number one Auburn Tigers lead Georgia 42 to 30. Right now, Auburn on the live line, 18 and a half total, 151 and a half. Uh, I'm on the under 154 and a half. So that's going to be a sweat for me. Hopefully that game doesn't get too out of control there. Auburn tends to play at a breakneck pace. So we'll see how that one unfolds between Auburn and Georgia. Anything for you, Amal, here in this 11 o'clock window? Uh, West Virginia just tipped off against Texas Tech. I believe they closed that one as four-and-a-half-point dogs as I pull up the odds board right there. But anything in this 11 o'clock window for you? Nothing really jumped out. I wanted to uh, take the under in the uh, West Virginia-Texas Tech game. Didn't end up doing that. The other game that I was looking at but kind of stayed away from was the Tulsa-Temple game. I thought Temple at home, lane three-and-a-half, the Leo Corsa Center wasn't a bad play against Tulsa. This Golden Hurricanes team has been struggling this year. This might uh, be a team that you could bet against in certain spots. So just something to pay attention to. And then one more was DePaul was catching 14 and a half Xavier. That seemed like a big number. X has not blown people out at the Cintas Center this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, they keep getting these eight, nine, 10 point lines in this game, 14, and they just have not played particularly well. Want to clean things up? West Virginia actually went off as five and a half point underdogs. It was four and a half earlier this morning. Some late money on the Red Raiders came in here. Interesting spot for this Texas Tech team. I'm on West Virginia plus five. I think uh, it's not a bad play. I, I just thought, I'm like, I, after how high they got up for that Texas game, the emotions of winning that game with Chris Beard going back to Lubbock, I don't know how they can replicate that with another performance this week, so we'll see how that one unfolds. These college basketball teams, they tend to be kind of herky-jerky. They have one big performance a week, and then the next game that they have in that similar week there, they tend to play a little bit flat. So we'll see how that comes to be, comes to fruition, I should say, later on here as that game just tipped off at the top of the hour. We're right now 18 minutes left to go in the first half, so very, very early out there in Morgantown. Amal, I want to turn our attention to the NFL. We saw another head coaching hire here as we pivot to the National Football League eight days away from the Super Bowl, but these teams with the vacancies trying to fill up their staffs as they try to make it to the Super Bowl here in the future and try to be that turnaround story like the Cincinnati Bengals were two years ago. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, Mall, I wanted to ask you about this because we talked about this guy earlier last week, 
Doug Peterson, the former Philadelphia Eagles coach, won a Super Bowl out there in Philadelphia 2017. That Carson Wentz, Nick Foles-led team, Philly, Philly, uh, the uh, the special that they had out there against the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Now he'll be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. What was your first initial reaction to this news when you heard it break earlier this week? Yeah, I think it's great for rookie players coming in the league because now you're going to be able to have the opportunity being a high draft pick and play in a state with no state income tax. This team is not going to do well. They're going to be drafting one, two, three, four, five again. I'm not a big Doug Peterson guy. You know, mm-hmm. Femi, to me, what summarized Doug Peterson and why I just thought he's a bad coach is decisions like this. They're playing at Minnesota. They run a fake field goal at the end of the first half with about nine seconds remaining. Even if the play was successful, you don't have enough time to run another regular play. You're going to have to kick a field goal. And if you look at a lot of people always pointed to Frank Reich as the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of, and we've seen he's had success in Indianapolis despite having Carson Wentz under center. Um, you know, I, I just don't think Doug Peterson's a guy that's going to lead this Jacksonville team to the promised land. The other thing is, and this is very important, a friend of mine who coaches college basketball said this to me. He goes, one of the most important decisions when you take a job, because, you know, sometimes you take certain jobs just because of the money. Yep. But he goes, other jobs, he goes, you got to look at the landscape. And do you think you can win there? And I get Trevor Lawrence is there and Travis Etienne had a knee injury. But when you look at Jacksonville for the most part, they have a major rebuild. I mean, it, it's really going to be a long rebuilding process. I don't know if I would have taken that job if I was Doug Peterson. It's a tricky job to take because the whole situation with Trent Balky, the general manager, who it seemed like he was the big hang-up as to why they couldn't hire a head coach. There was talk about maybe Byron Leftwich leaving Tampa Bay to become the head coach out there in Jacksonville where he got his start as a player. And it felt like the Jags were never going to hire anyone. They've been looking for a coach since December, and Trent Balky was looking like the reason as to why. But – Doug Peterson taking the chance on this team. And the point that you brought up with Trevor Lawrence, I think that's the big reason as to why Doug Peterson took this job with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He thinks that he can turn Trevor Lawrence into the generational prospect that he was being touted as as he was coming out of Clemson of uh, just a year ago, at least. I, I think he was a terrific player coming out of Clemson. They won a lot, and he did extremely well. But two factors for me that I don't like in scouting that you see. One is that people, all of a sudden, a guy gets anointed, and other people are afraid to stand out on the island by themselves mm-hmm. and say, hey, I don't think this guy's as good as you think he is. Remember when Burrow played against Trevor Lawrence, they were saying, oh, Lawrence would be the first overall pick. And I'm like, why? Burrow's got better accuracy. To me, the best criteria for a quarterback is the accuracy. And as well as Trevor Lawrence w- played at Clemson, if you look at last year, I don't think you could sit there and say uh, unequivocally that this guy was better than Mac Jones, that he played better than Zach Wilson at times. They're, they're, granted, they had issues with the offensive line. Receivers yeah. not there outside of LaVisca Chenault. Coaching staff issues. Yeah, but to me, there are pieces that you see. Now, in the last game of the regular season, he looked great. But, Femi, i, I got to see some things along the way that makes you really believe before you jump all in on somebody. Yeah, I'm a Lawrence believer. I still believe in what he can do in terms of the talent. I I don't know if generational is the right way to say it. Like, this is not Andrew Luck. Like, I don't think that's going to be the case here for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I do think Trevor Lawrence can be a very good, maybe he can be a great quarterback. If something just made you no, smile. I, I think he's exactly Andrew Luck. I never. So you were not a fan of Luck. I thought Luck was good, but the, the comparisons to John Elway I thought were highly offensive. I, I mean, John Elway, when you go back, this kid, when he came out, where is he from, Glendora or Glendora? Glendale down in SoCal, mm-hmm. plays at Stanford, and then, uh, or it might have been Northern California, I don't remember, but 
John Elway was great at every level, right? Like, he was the best player at Stanford. He was the best player in the NFL. I mean, this guy could do it all. He's the only quarterback, I still say, besides Mahomes, that you can run a QB waggle left and throw against your body and have the yeah. arm strength to get the ball to where it needed to go. People forget he led Denver to five Super Bowls. And, I mean, some of the times he was trucking a bag of dirt there. And, and you know, he overcame the coaching of Dan Reeves. And to me, when I look at Trevor Lawrence, he's a great player, and he's got the potential to be very good. But – you know, I thought Sam Bradford was great coming out of Oklahoma. I thought Tim Couch was great. So many times you wind up in situations where if you don't have the right coaching staff, the right offensive line around you, it could be a really long career. And, and unfortunately for Trevor Lawrence, he's wound up in a situation where now you're going to have a second coaching staff in two years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the offensive line's got to get better. Their yeah. offensive line has been bad. And maybe that's where they'll go. They have the number one overall pick in the draft, Evan Neal, uh, Akeem Aquanu. Those guys are being touted as some of the best offensive tackles in this draft. Maybe they go tackle number one. Maybe they trade down. We'll see what they do with this NFL draft. But they have a lot of cap space. They have a lot of draft capital to try to improve what was a really, really bad roster surrounded Trevor Lawrence, who was last year's number one overall pick. Real quick here, Amal, we have an NFL game tomorrow, the Pro Bowl. Right now, the AFC one-point favorite total, 62.5. Where's your uh, your lean here? Well, you know, we're giving this game about – 15 seconds of time. I think that's about 14 too much that it deserves. I have no play on this game. You're going to go to the game, Amal? It's here in town. The Super Bowl here, I wouldn't go. So it makes Anybody no out there, if you can hook them all up with some tickets to the Pro Bowl at Legion Stadium, please do so. As you please see, don't. He's, he's very enthusiastic about this game. <laughs> Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation, coming up on the other side. It is betting across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You know that VSIN is the best place to get all the betting insights for the big game and right now you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide this digital guide gives you trends strategies props to watch and tips from our experts visit vcin.com slash super bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year 
It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah, coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. We've been talking college hoops all day. We've been talking NBA. So to help us break down one of the most intriguing teams in the National Basketball Association, he is Trevor Lane, senior writer for Lakers Nation, talking all things purple and gold. Trevor, we appreciate you joining us here on Betting Across America. Got to start out. Can the 2021-22 Lakers salvage the season, and will they make a move at the trade deadline? That is the question. Can they salvage this thing? Can they get things back on track? So far, they're a below 500 basketball team. Have not looked good. So the question for the Lakers is, can you get everybody healthy, really? That's what it's all going to come down to. Can you get LeBron, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis on the floor at the same time? They've seen precious little of that so far. If if the basketball gods bless the Lakers for the remaining games of the season, then perhaps they can make a little bit of a run. But I do think we see them active at the trade deadline. I don't know if they have the pieces to really get anything impactful done, but I think some minor moves around the edges are in order for a Lakers team that is pretty desperate to make something change right now. Yeah, you said this Lakers team is pretty desperate right now. LeBron James, he's missed the last five games with the knee injury. It doesn't sound like he's going to play tonight against the New York Knicks being the ABC primetime game. When should we expect LeBron James back on the floor? You know, it wouldn't surprise me if we see him back in the next one against Milwaukee. He'll have a few days off between now and then. So him being doubtful for this one tonight is not a surprise because you've got that nice gap before they've got to take on the Milwaukee Bucks. Right now, the Lakers have consistently said he's day-to-day. This isn't a long-term thing. This is just as soon as we get the swelling down, he's back on the floor. Frank Vogel used the word preventative to describe what they're doing right now. This is to stop a, a larger injury from happening in the future. So I'm hopeful that we see him back again against the Bucks, but don't see him going tonight against the Knicks. Yeah, it's an interesting stat that I saw here yesterday in doing preparation. The Lakers, since 2018, 127 and 76 straight up when LeBron is on the floor. Only three teams have a better record over that span. Goes to show how well he's played when he's been playing on that team. Amala, you, I know you had a question you wanted to ask. Yeah, I would ask you right now, if you're uh, Rob Palenka, Trevor, do you make a move to remove basically Russell Westbrook from this team and go in a different direction. How are you looking to kind of handle this team going forward? If that move was out there, it's something that you definitely have to consider. But with a $44 million contract this year, plus a player option for $47 million next year, it's really tough to find a taker. We've heard the John Wall rumor, John Wall for Russell Westbrook, and the Lakers would have to attach some sort of a pick, probably their 2027 first for the Rockets to do that. I don't see the Lakers going that route. I think he's more movable this offseason. I don't think we see Russell Westbrook moved at the trade deadline. Instead, I think the Lakers are going to do everything they can to try to get the most out of him. And there is a little bit of a history of Russell Westbrook having a really strong second half to the to the season. So the Lakers are going to cross their fingers for the time being, hope that he's able to pick things up and then they can win some games down the stretch. And then when the time comes, maybe they'll look to make a move when he's an expiring contract this summer. We're speaking with Trevor Lane, senior writer for Lakers Nation here, talking all things purple and gold as they are three games below 500. Trevor, you mentioned Russell Westbrook, that you don't think that they will likely move him. But do you think from watching this team, have they started to adjust to Russell Westbrook and his style of play as we approach the all-star break and this real stretch run here with about 30 games to go in the association? 
Unfortunately, I don't think they have. And part of that is just they haven't had time on the floor together. For most of the season, either LeBron or Anthony Davis has been out. And so you haven't had a whole lot of time with Russ, LeBron, and AD together on the floor to figure out exactly how they want to play. We've seen instances where Russ has been the lone guy on the floor, and then he gets to do his thing. Let Russ be Russ is the phrase that we've heard a bunch this season. And so we've seen flashes of what Russell Westbrook can do, but we've yet to see him be at his peak along with LeBron doing his thing and along with Anthony Davis doing his thing as well. That was the question coming into the season. How do they all fit together on the floor with one basketball? And unfortunately, we've yet to see them really fit up to this point. Trevor, uh, I think Frank Vogel is a terrific coach. I know there's been speculation that he might have been on his way out. How do you value Frank Vogel for this Lakers team? And again, kind of the Rob Palenka situation. Would you be looking to make a move? I don't think it's a move you can make midseason, and it's not just Frank Vogel himself. It's because there's not really many alternative options. I don't think there's many other coaches sitting out there on the sidelines right now that you can bring in at this point in the season where you say, okay, this is the guy that's going to bring us to where we need to be in the playoffs. This guy is such a better coach than Frank Vogel. I do think, you know, the franchise didn't give him a huge vote of confidence with only a one-year extension on his deal. Wouldn't surprise me if they parted ways in the offseason. For the time being, I think Frank Vogel sticks it out through the remainder of the year. I do sympathize with him. Yes, his rotations have been a bit clunky at times, and fans have been very vocal about that. But he was also given a team that's not very defense-oriented, and he's a defense-first head coach. So it was kind of an awkward fit with the changes that the Lakers made this offseason. Trevor has been back-to-back 30-point nights for Anthony Davis here. He's been out in and out of lineups, been dealing with injuries for the better part of about 18 months now. The second half of this season, do you think we're going to start to see the Anthony Davis that we saw kind of towards the NBA bubble when he had such a fantastic playoff run? What do you think we'll see out of AD here in the backstretch? Yeah, we are, and that's been the silver lining of the past week or so, has been that we've really been kind of seeing that guy. We've been seeing Anthony Davis look better. I don't know if it's a weight loss thing. We know that he inquired about perhaps losing some weight while he was out with the injury. He talked to his former teammate Jared Dudley about that. We know he bulked up a little bit coming into the season, getting ready to play more center. And so maybe he put on a little bit too much weight, but For this stint that he's had since he came back from injury, he's looked like his old self. He's looked extremely confident in the mid-range jumper, which was just not an effective part of his game in the first half of the season, and it was something that was fantastic in the Orlando bubble. Now, the three-point shot has not come along with it, but everything else, he's looking more active on the defensive floor, uh, defensive end, the rebounding, and the mid-range jumper, his touch, it all looks a lot better. He looks so much more like his old self. Eventually, if the three-point percentage starts to come around he can go back to being a monstrous top five level player so good things from him so far and I would expect that to continue you know health health hopefully holds up though (laughs) Trevor you make up a great point there about where you see him right now not a top five player but I said a few years ago I thought Anthony Davis at this point in time should be the best player in the world and really shouldn't even be close Uh, is it something from him you're around this team you know you cover practice and other things What's his work ethic like? What is his demeanor like? Is he a guy that has that will to win at all costs to get to that level? Because from a talent standpoint, physicality, ability to shoot the ball, handle the basketball, I mean, there's just not been many players that have ever come along with his skill set. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's a, he's a unicorn. When you look at everything that he's got and everything that he can do on both ends of the floor, he is incredibly talented. And there has been question about his work ethic, about his will, his desire to go out there and win. Some people have speculated, oh, he won a championship, and then he took his foot off the gas pedal. From my understanding, last season he didn't get a full off-season training regimen in, and that really set him back and left him coming into the season just not feeling quite right. This year he did get the full regimen in, but if he did bulk up a little bit too much, that might have explained some of the early season struggles that we've seen here. Everything we've heard is that this is a guy who badly does want to win. Sometimes his body betrays him, but he just had a comment the other night, you know, after the Lakers lost to the Clippers about how frustrated he's been and that he remembered that he kind of got spoiled with the Lakers these past few seasons, just winning games and what they're doing right now. It's reminding him of his days with the New Orleans Pelicans and reminding him that he needs to go out there and get the job done in order to help this team win. So I think he's a guy who badly does want to win. I don't know if he's a 1A guy consistently. We saw it in the playoffs in 2020. We haven't seen it since then, but you're right. That's the expectation for him because that's what we've seen in the past. We've seen him hit that level. The hope is that he can eventually get back to that play again. I think he's on the right track right now and he wants to do it. But the question is, will his body hold up enough to let him? Trevor, we've got about 45 seconds left. Lakers hosting the New York Knicks tonight is the ABC primetime game tipping off at 530. The Lakers, two and a half point favorites, total of 212 and a half. I don't know if you're a betting man, but what do you think happens tonight? Do you have a prediction on tonight's game? It's a styles clash. The Lakers are one of the fastest paced teams in the NBA. The Knicks are the slowest. Uh, neither offense has been great. So it wouldn't surprise me if we wind up hitting that under there, especially with LeBron James out. Uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a close one because both teams really need a win in this and the Knicks are going to be coming in healthy. The Lakers without Carmelo Anthony. Ooh, it, it's a tough one to pick. But again, I, if I had my choice, I'd be taking that under. The under is the play right there. He is Trevor Lane, senior writer for Lakers Nation. Trevor, we appreciate you joining us here on Betting Across America, and we hope to talk soon. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you. It's Nobody wants to give up all the way on this Lakers team because the talent is so there. But, gosh, they really have dug themselves in the hole that it's almost going to kind of be similar to last year where they had to push so much just to get into that playing round to where it's injuries were inevitable in the yeah. playoffs. One six seed or worst in the history of the Western Conference made it to the finals. That was the Houston Rockets. Yep. And I don't know if this Lakers team has the dream. They don't have the heart they, of a champion. They don't have the dream either. Yeah. Do they have a heart of a champion like Rudy Tomjanovich <laughs> right, exactly. said back in the day? Kids, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look that up. Uh, on the other side, we're going to discuss our picks for today in college basketball here. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Do you have questions about betting the Super Bowl, wondering about how to hedge, or maybe you're looking for unusual props or insights from one of our hosts? Well, the VEASAN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl, and it can be answered by our experts on air or on VEASAN.com. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah, talking all things college hoops, NBA, a little Super Bowl as well as we are eight games out from the big game. And Amal, that's going to set up our Twitter poll. 
at VEASAN Live. We'd like to hear from you guys all throughout the show, and we wanted to interact with you guys. So at VEASAN Live on Twitter is where you can vote for this question. I'm all, the question is simple. Who would you bet on to win Super Bowl MVP? Now, the options are the skill guys. we got the two quarterbacks and the two skill guys. Matthew Stafford, his odds at BetMGM, plus 115. Joe Burrow, plus 225. Then Cooper Cup, plus 450. Jamar Chase, plus 800. Make sure to vote in on this poll if you have not, and if you have seen it on at Feast and Live on Twitter. We want to hear your thoughts. We'll reveal the results tomorrow morning on Lombardi Line and here on Betting Across America. But, Amal, what suggestions would you give our viewers for a Super Bowl MVP? Well, I wouldn't bet on Jamar Chase. That's the first thing. Plus 800 or it's just not about the. It's not about the prices, but I just wouldn't bet on him. You know, when they pick a Super Bowl MVP, part of it is they want somebody who's marketable. Mm-hmm. And Jamar Chase is not the first choice when you've got Joe Burrow on that team. Stafford and Cooper Cup, kind of a toss-up, but I, I think it's going to be a Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow. I think both these quarterbacks are well-respected. Uh, I think, you know, if their teams are successful, it's going to come down to that. If you like the Bengals on the money line, you're better off betting Burrow to win the MVP, in my opinion, because you get better odds. I, I really just can't see too many scenarios where the Bengals win the Super Bowl and Burrow doesn't play extremely well where it's like, you know, they get three sack fumbles or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think you look at Burrow there, and we're seeing the odds come down on him right now. Bet NGM plus 210 from that plus 225 earlier. Yeah, Burrow right now plus 210. Jamar Chase, you even see 16 to 1. There's one shop here in town that has Jamar Chase 30 to 1. Which is they're correct. <laughs> it's, they're right. They probably are right, but it's it's very juicy and it's unlike any other number I've seen in the market. Yeah, I don't know why we had eight to one up there because I see sixteen to one here at BetMGM on this one as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I just think that that's a bit of a factor. Sometimes when when you select certain MVPs, is is the person a marketable guy and. I think that plays a role into it a little bit. I know it's voted on by the media allegedly, but um, <laughs> oh, by the way, who, who's doing the who's doing the counting on this? Deloitte? Aren't they the same people that did the counting for uh, for Enron? Uh, <laughs> no comment for me. Why? Why not call people out? Why are people so afraid to call people out? I got no problem when people call me out for being wrong. They don't agree with my opinion. No qualms about it. What I will say is, I believe there's 11 voters. I think for Super Bowl MVP out there in the press box. So it's not it's not a big conglomerate of voters here for the people to vote on. And let me tell you what they say to you. Do you want to remain a voter? This is how it's going to go. <laughs> Joe Burrow is the guy that you would bet on if you were to think that the Bengals were to win this game here. Correct. Right. I don't believe the Bengals are going to win this game. So, but, if, uh, but Matthew Stafford at plus 115 is fairly attractive because when you look at the Rams' running game, I don't think it's going to overwhelm you. And Cooper Cup, as terrific as he's been, you've got OBJ on the other side. You've got some screen game as well. Higby in the red zone. Uh, the one thing I think to get Super Bowl MVP as a wide receiver, you got to go back. I remember uh, Jerry Rice, Super Bowl 23. San Antonio Holmes, too. San Antonio Holmes, yeah. He had one of the great catches in the back of the end zone. Julian Edelman, I guess we forgot. You need the quarterback to play well because, I mean, Rice was amazing, but you could have given it to um, Joe Montana in that game as well. I, I just think it comes down to Matthew Stafford's kind of the guy. And sometimes one of the things I don't like about some of these awards, it almost becomes like a lifetime achievement award. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. It comes down to telling the story. And I'll tell you what, the story of Joe Burrow has been fascinating. The media absolutely gobbles it up. Joe Burrow talked earlier this week to Cincinnati reporters talking about how he gets better throughout the season and why he plays his best games on the biggest of stages. I've always played well in these kind of moments. And I think it's just because all of these moments come towards the end of the year. And, you know, I feel like I get better as the year progresses just 
because you have more reps, more film under your belt. You <clears throat> corrected all the mistakes that you've made and throughout the entire year. And I'm, I'm good at recalling that kind of stuff. And so when you get to the end of the year, you just have all those reps banked and, and you just keep getting better and better. That's, I mean, it makes a lot of sense there. It adds up, and it's checked out with what we saw at LSU. It's checked out with what we saw kind of as he was getting better throughout last year's season before the knee injury, and he's been – he stole the comeback player of the year from Dak Prescott toward the second half of this season here. Dak Prescott looked like he had that one locked up here. Amal, get your Cowboys schneid out of here, okay? And I see the wry smile on your face, all right? I'm telling you, Joe Burrow is going to be the comeback player of the year here, but he's gotten progressively better and has now led his team to the Super Bowl. Correct. Now, listen, let me tell you something. Femi, don't ever do this again. The only comparison we should have between Joe Burrow and, and, Deco was... and Dakota Prescott is the fact that they both played in the SEC. Okay? It begins and ends right there. That's it. There's nothing else to compare them to. Joe Burrow is going to be a future Hall of Famer, in my opinion. I don't know if he'll get there, but he's off to a great start. I actually like Dak. It's just that I think sometimes Dak gets criticized because – He's, he's a solid quarterback, but I think because he's a quarterback of the Cowboys, people expect him to be better than he is. Oh, he's going to have the scrutiny. That position yeah. is the most high-profile position in sports. Yeah. I wasn't making comparisons in terms of the talent. I was just talking about the odds. Dak Prescott was the odds-on favorite to win that award, minus 600, I believe, before Burrow had that final stretch of games, the Ravens game, the Chiefs game, as then he then took the award from Prescott. Has he, had, he had a better year than Dak Prescott. That's no arguments for me whatsoever there. Um, but, hey, Joe Burrow. MVP. He's got a lot of media love surrounding him, so maybe that is a look for the folks who are interested into that market. Once again, like I said, at VEASAN Live on Twitter, where you can weigh in on this discussion, and we'll reveal the results tomorrow morning on the Lombardi Line and here on Betting Across America. Amal, let's turn our attention to college hoops. We've got a lot of games tipping off at noon and throughout the rest of the evening and into the nightcap. Who do you like? today in college basketball. Uh, I like uh, Kansas at home at the fog against Baylor. I, I love this bounce back spot. Remember, Obagi didn't play against Iowa State. They still win the road game. I'm not trying to suggest that Iowa State is Baylor. But this Baylor team's been dealing with some nagging injuries. That's been a bit of a concern throughout the course of the season. Now, Remy Martin is out for Kansas. That's a big blow from them from a guard standpoint. But I still think this KU team at home is a tough out. If this game were at Baylor, I would lean with Baylor. Uh, but at home, I'm going with the Rock Chalk, Jayhawk. And is that the only play on your card for the rest of the evening? And then I, I like Kentucky. Now, this is not normally a type of spot play I like where a team on the road laying points, but I think Oscar Sheebway is going to absolutely own the glass against Alabama. And with Kentucky's length and what they can do against you defensively, you know, John Cal's teams don't get enough credit for how good they are defensively. And I think they're going to cause some problems. Shackelford's going to have to really shoot the ball well if Alabama's going to have a chance. This Nate Oates team has still, in my opinion, probably the best win of the season. Maybe I'm forgetting a game or two. But when they went to Seattle and beat Gonzaga. By double digits. Yeah. And very impressive. However, I, I think we've seen them really kind of take a downturn uh, ever since the season has progressed. Losing at Georgia. Come on. You, you can't be losing on, on the road like that. Um, this is a team that, to me, they, they're too perimeter-reliant, uh, and I think that could be a problem in this matchup. Anything else tickle your fancy here for college basketball? No, but I'll tell you, you got to look at in place. For example, right now, I'm on Davidson against George Washington. Davidson's down two points, but they were 9.5 before the game. I got them in-game at 2.5. And so uh, George Washington, they started out five for seven from the three-point arc. Uh, this is not a team that's really going to start uh, kind of sustain that, in my opinion. You look for those types of things. We see this West Virginia game. You know, we talked about uh, a game, and I, I'm mad I didn't end up taking it. 
This is why I always kill Goulet for putting me on at this time. I wouldn't have missed this game. DePaul Xavier. <laughs> DePaul's catching 14, right? Yep. They're up 13 at Cintas Center. I don't understand. Uh, is every bookmaker just going to continuously make X a 9, 12, 14 point favorite against the Big East? How many losses do they got to take against the number at home before we realize that they're just not that good? Yeah, it's, it's the bookmakers, but it's also the betting betting market. I mean, yeah, but a lot of people don't don't pay attention yeah. to some of these teams that are not marquee teams, right? Like That's Cincinnati, true. the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. What are they? Probably in the bottom five largest market size in the NFL. Yeah, no, that's definitely fair. Michigan and Purdue actually just tipped off over there in Boilerland, and Purdue went off as nine and a half point favorites, total one forty-five and a half. So we'll keep our eyes on that game. Amal, I'm sure you'll be looking to live bet once we wrap things up. Yeah, so that's why I was wondering why Elliot stopped paying attention. He saw his boiler up over there. Uh, Eli Brooks getting things started for Michigan with a nice little air ball. <laughs> um, I got five plays for today in college basketball. I'm on the under in Baylor, Kansas. Uh, they're not as great defensively as they typically are in the past, but I still think that they're two good defensive. Teams. I'm on under 147 and a half. I think it's going to be a physical basketball game. I took the points with USC plus 11, just playing against Arizona after the massive win over UCLA. Going up against a pretty good USC team, so it'll be hard to drum up that sort of effort once again. Took the points with Carolina, Amal, North Carolina plus three, just a heated rivalry, and it was just a pretty much a blind play. Of, all right, I think this is a coin flip type of game. Atmosphere is going to be off the charts at Chapel Hill, so give me that plus three. And I'm going head-to-head with you with Kentucky-Alabama. I'm on the Crimson Tide. Grabbed plus two earlier last night. Now Alabama is the favorite in this game. They've been the giant killers of college basketball. Wins over Gonzaga, Houston, and Baylor. They got embarrassed earlier this week by their rival Auburn. I think they have a big performance against the Wildcats. And then give me plus 13 with BYU biggest game on their schedule every single year and they're coming off three straight losses including an embarrassing home loss to San Francisco Thursday night. I like the Cougs to bounce back against the Zags plus three over there in Provo. So those are my picks. You heard of Mall's picks on the other side. We'll maybe see if we can get Dave Ross's picks. The one half of the Ross Reynolds connection joins the show as we wrap a final segment on the other side. It is betting across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. All the action you need is at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VSIN1000, and your first wager is risk free up to $1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you'll also get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code VSIN1000 to make your first wager risk free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions 21 years of age. Or older to wager new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. It is the final segment of Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And I must have misspoke because it's not the final segment of Betting Across America, just the final segment here because we're going to toss the baton to the Ross and Reynolds connection. And we have one half of that duo joining us now. He is Dave Ross, VEASAN host and host of the First Strike podcast, joining us in his usual time slot here on BAA. Dave a pleasure to see you. When you're handicapping this Super Bowl, what immediately jumped out to you when looking at the matchup or the side or the total? Uh, gentlemen, great to see you as always. Always cannot wait for next Sunday, obviously eight days away here. And it was something that when we talked with Steve Mackin, and again, you got to get these in point spread uh, weekly. It is, it's an amazing fa- uh, illustration of what numbers can actually tell you, gentlemen, when you break down this number. And when Steve's numbers, and he crunched them for the Rams and the Bengals, just statistically, these teams are not very far apart. They're very much closer than I think people would be led to believe. And again, I know four and a half here, 48 and a half is what we're looking at today. And you look at the star power that the Rams have and you go, well, yeah, you can understand why. They probably have five Hall of Famers you can make an argument for on this side and maybe one trending in Joe Burrow. And we'll see how Jamar Chase's career plans out in Cincinnati. But really, it's top heavy when you look at this Rams bunch. So yeah, they have the star power, but when you really get into the numbers like Steve did on points per weekly, you find out these teams are very, very close. Also correlated here, normally statistically in Super Bowls, seven points or less, those underdogs, it's not a smart play. What is a better play has been the money line. More often than not, the teams that keep it close end up winning these games. And if they don't, they get blown out. So when I look at that four and a half, I go, okay, yeah, you're going to get a lot of action, obviously on that side. I actually think if you're a Bengal backer, and I'm starting to talk myself into it, mm. I'm going to play the 175 here, gentlemen, because to Steve's numbers, really, there's not a whole lot of value in that four and a half. I know it looks sexy on paper. There's more value in them flat out winning the game. Right now, I like the over as well in this game. That's, that's going to go up. So if you're an over backer like me in this one, you better get it this weekend because once we get to Monday and every we really start turning the page here and focusing on the game, the money is going to come in on the over. There is no way this will be a 48 and a half come kickoff next Sunday. I got to think this number is closer to 50, 51. Hey Dave, I like the point you make on the money line in this matchup. And I think in general, one of the things people should heed is that in most games, it's about picking the winner. It's not about the spread. Now, if you have a large margin, for example, college basketball today, Ohio and Western Michigan was about a 21, 22 point spread. <laughs> but if you've got a game where it's, it, you say, a four point line between Villanova and Connecticut, Villanova ends up winning that game comfortably. It really comes down Mm -hmm. to picking the team that's going to win. And to your point, 
chances are, you know, people get so enamored. And I always say this point, people get look at and say, oh, the bookmakers got this game right. I said, pick a college basketball Saturday and there's 50 games they missed by a 50 million points. It, it's just I, you remember the one or two games. And I think you bring up an excellent point of taking the plus 175 if you like Cincinnati. I think it's a great possibility in terms of how this game could play out. Yeah, I really do. And again, I, it, it was when I was reading it, it, it kind of opened up my eyes too. just historically that it doesn't seem to factor in that that four and a half, that under seven spread does not seem to factor in that often. So really, Tamal, to your point here, if you, if you feel like you've identified the winner, hey, Rams backers this is good news for you. If you feel like you've identified them as the clear cut favorite to, to win this football game, then lay the four and a half and you're, you're going to be OK in your rationale. I just think people do get caught up in the number too much to a mall's point versus who's going to win the game. And, and right now, when I look at it statistically, I think that's much more up in the air than the four-and-a-half-point spread would lead you to believe. Dave, you're a true pro. I appreciate you answering my question that was a non-question. Uh, <laughs> but the reality of it is I'm actually surprised you're looking forward to the Super Bowl. Like Femi, uh, I understand you guys are both Cowboys fans. Okay, so I'm actually cut, surprised cut off, you've been interested in the Super Bowl for the last 25 <laughs> oh years. Oh, my goodness. Why does he do this? Femi, why do you let him get away with this? I mean, seriously, you have those producers cut his mic. That is not what we do here at VEASAN as he brings up and digs in old wounds. It's been a long this, time This guy had the nerve to make a comparison between Dakota Prescott and okay, Joe Burrow. That is I was, a, that is, that I was apoplectic on that one. The only thing com comparable is they both played in the SEC. That is a misrepresentation. I just like the fact that he put respect on his name and went full Dakota because that no, not enough people do that. I right like there. the name Dakota. I think it's a good name. It's a great name. It it's really great is. Name. It's not just a state. It's a, it's a quarterback. <laughs> Rain Dakota Prescott will not be slandered here on these airwaves at VEASAN. <laughs> Dave, real quick, I want to ask you, you're the host of the First Strike Podcast. We got a big UFC Fight Night card here coming up tonight, but next Saturday, Dave, Ooh. UFC 271. Any early thoughts on Adesanya Whitaker, the main event next week? Adesanya right now, minus 300, Whitaker plus 240. Okay. Oh, I'm going to say Femi about this. And I know Maul cannot wait to get this handicap. Oh, he's jacked. As, as big into the into mixed martial arts as I had to fight him to ask this question. <laughs> I know. You just keep him calm. But here's what I'd say. If you like Robert Whitaker, you might want to take it now. Because I think that more and more people look at that. Minus 300 for Izzy. I, I get it. We all love Israel Adesanya. The last style bender uh, undefeated in this weight class. We understand that. Dominated Robert Whitaker the first time around. I think this is a different Robert Whitaker. I know him a little bit from my time in Chicago and how mentally strong he is. Not saying Adesanya isn't. Robert Whitaker would not be getting back into this octagon with this man again after being embarrassed the first time if he didn't think he had the recipe to pull the upset the second time around. These are two of the best that we've seen in this weight class over the last five years. And for Whitaker to be disrespected like this resonates with Robert. I absolutely think this fight will be a much more uh, exciting, enthralling, and closely contested contest than we saw the first time around. Let's just leave it at that for a week. Dave, quick uh, update for you. Your Syracuse Orange are up by 17 at the break. But in all seriousness, <laughs> I, I'm not a UFC guy. I'm a big boxing guy. But how would you recommend to someone like me, maybe who's mm -hmm. never watched a UFC fight, how to get involved or get engaged in it? Is there a particular weight class, particular fighter, maybe if you want to get involved in learning a little bit more about it, what would you recommend? Well, if you're, if you're a novice better to mixed martial arts, yeah. here's one trend I would say that you need to watch out for. The last four championship bouts – going back to UFC 269 and UFC 270. And luckily for me, I've been on the right side of all four. All four dogs have cashed. <laughs> we're talking about Juliana Pena. We're talking about Du Bronx, Charles Oliveira. Uh, we're talking about uh, Figueredo. And we're talking about Ngannou 
uh, last week. So if, if you're a novice new to the sport and you see those big numbers for the favorites, don't always jump to that and throw those in your parlays. They can be parlay killers. You really have to look at the matchups and pathways to victory for the fighters. And that's the best way I think you can handicap uh, MMA. It's almost like I'm all your, your NFL analogy. Figure out how you see this particular fighter winning that fight and if it's realistic in your mind, and then look at the number and see if it correlates. That is excellent, excellent advice there from Dave Ross. Real quick, Dave, in about 15 seconds, any favorite uh, bet on tonight's card, UFC fight night? I'm staying with the dogs. Jack Hermanson, the Joker, plus 190 right now in the main event against Sean Strickland. I really think we have another, I feel like I say it every week, live dog in the main event. Live dog. Dave, you're a live dog out there. Have a good show with Wes Reynolds. <laughs> Betting across America continues at the top of the hour. Dave, we appreciate you joining us, and we'll discuss UFC 271 in further depth next Saturday. More cowboy talk from Amal. Love it. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Also that as well. <laughs> um, great question, Amal, about the asking for the novice bettors who might not be uh, well-adverse with UFC betting there about how they can attack these sort of markets. Yeah, because I've never watched a UFC fight. I know nothing about it from a betting perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, So just if you want to try and get involved in it, uh, how do you kind of start? I think it's a good opportunity for people like myself. Yeah, no, it's a, it's fun stuff. Like I've, I've started, I picked up betting on UFC uh, during the height of the pandemic in about May, 2020, when it was one of the first things that came back and it's exciting. Like, like these, like they got me hooked. Now I'm paying for all these pay-per-views and everything <laughs> like that. Like I'm, I'm roped into the UFC and all these pay-per-view cards. And we have another fantastic card. UFC 271 coming up next Saturday, Israel Adesanya, Robert Whitaker. Also, we get a good heavyweight fight. Tai Tuivasa, Amal, if you've never heard, I'm sure you've never heard of this person because you no. don't watch a lot of UFC. This guy, when he wins fights, he drinks a beer out of a shoe. They call it a shoey, Amal. So you can watch out for the shoey next Saturday as he takes on Derek Lewis in a heavyweight bout on this UFC 271 card. Yeah, I can't wait for the heavyweight bout. March 26th, Dylan White, Tyson Fury. I'll, I'll probably be watching that as well, Amal. <laughs> give, me, give me a fight card to watch, and I'll be all over it. Well, that wraps up the show for us here, Betting Across America. We're going to toss things over to Dave Ross, Wes Reynolds, here at the top of the hour. But thank you to Dave Ross. Thank you to Trevor Lane, senior writer for Lakers Nation. Thank you to Jonathan Von Tobel, VEASAN host and NBA betting analyst. Thank you to Brendan Marks, Duke and North Carolina beat writer for The Athletic. And thank you, last but not least, to Simon Gersberg, college basketball and NBA handicapper at ShotQuality.com. Thank you to you guys for listening and watching. Hopefully you catch some tickets here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.